Hey guys, Josh Klein here, managing editor of The Riot Report. Wanted to let you know before you jump into this episode of The Carolina Line, we had some audio technical difficulties that ran out the last about 15 to 18 minutes of the episode, so you missed out on the Green Bay Packers preview, which I can assure you was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Kevin Donnelly and Al Wallace, and Kelly for that matter, were incredibly smart and said some things that will absolutely come true, but unfortunately, we won't get to hear them. So we apologize for the inconvenience, and without further ado, here are the first 42 minutes of the Carolina line. Ready. Are, oh, are y'all waiting on me? We're waiting. <laughs> you're ready. Are we ready? Are we all here? We're ready. We're ready. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about a win. The Panthers back in the win column. They're now 5-3 and three at the midpoint of the season. Still a lot of season left. We're here to break down the win against the Titans. I'm Kelly Bardick. This is the Carolina Line. I'm here with two of the best linemen in NFL history, Mr. Al Wallace, Sounds 10 years good. in the league on the D-line, and... Mr. Kevin Donnelly, 13 years in the NFL on the O-line. Guys, mm-hmm. another win. Can't complain. Can't complain. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll take that win. Uh, it's not always beautiful, but I tell you what, a 58-yard run at the end of the Ooh, game. You wee. see Christian looking up at the board. <laughs> gets away. Hard fall at the end, but, man, that's beauty to me. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a defensive guy, so – See him break away like that, you know that's the nail in the coffin. I, I enjoyed it. Well, you know what? You're going to give cred to the O as a defensive player. Yeah. As an offensive player, I want to give the love to Don Terry Poe. Yes. When he kicked off the sack fest and got, I mean, just beat the guard of the center right up the middle with a great move and just drives right into the quarterback, and that's 350 pounds that's a landing. Big man. It's a huge man. I mean, that's like a – I don't – it's like a – Huge tree trunk yeah. falling on you, or something like a couple of barrels of beer. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know how to describe it, but it's. I can be imagined hit, taken down, and then this huge. You know, on top of that, okay, the icing on top, the gravy on top of the potatoes. Is, <laughs> all right, I'm knocked to the ground. It's a sack, and now I get a 350 pound man just completely collapsing on yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> that's. You get a couple broken ribs like that. That's why they changed the rule. They don't. They don't want us big guys landing on those. Pretty boy quarterback, so <laughs> got to protect him. Poe is a big man. He did a great job in pass since, rush. Since we're just handing out uh, awards right off the top of the podcast, I would like to nominate Colin Jones. Special, that special teams. teams. I love the play call. I love how they went for it. And Colin Jones is like, give me that ball. I was a running back in high school coach. I got the legs. And <laughs> Listen, he got it done. And and uh, Al and I were in a box watching the game with Tolbert. And the first thing I asked Tolbert, because – he gets the ball, and he runs, and he gets the four yards needed for the first down. Mm-hmm. Fake punt worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. But there were so much more yards to go. <laughs> um, if he had just read the block and gone to the outside, the gunner was was streaking down the field. So the, the guy that's out there is just following him. He has no idea what's going on behind it. Um, could have gotten 10, 15 more yards. And, that, you know, they eventually went on to score a touchdown that drive, so it's all moot anyway. It doesn't really right. matter. But um, it's just funny. We're all critics, right? I mean, <laughs> I looked over at him, and he's like, oh, man. He, 
I wouldn't have gone there. He kind of ran to darkness a little bit, but he got it. He got it. He got that's it. the most important thing. You have a former running back. He sees that hole. He can see that daylight, the way he's supposed to run it. But, man, Colin was just its about three, four yards. He's just trying to yeah. get it done. As he has to run back across the field to see Ron Rivera if he doesn't. So he did a good job. I think that was a huge pivotal point in that football game. It took some guts to go for that one in that situation. I think Fourth that's, and the, four. that's yeah. the, the really great thing about this team is it just feels like um, no stone stone is going to be unturned in trying to get a victory. Mm -hmm. They've been thrown some obstacles, right? Some little things that have come up along the way, some big ones like Cam being hurt. Mm -hmm. All right. That's a huge issue, but this team's finding ways to win these ball games. I mean, Kyle's now five and one as a starter and um, you know, this defense is playing hard. The offensive line seems to took a step forward. I think with, you know, we'll get into that stuff more, yeah. but I think it's just the overall sense that I got of this team that, um, you know, they started out rusty, a little hangover probably from the 49er game. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was just a debacle, right? Right. But you expect a little of that. Then they knocked that rust off of, and suddenly Kyle Allen's throwing dives yeah. and Samuel and DJ Moore making some big plays. And, um, you know, the defense getting their sacks and then the turnovers, you know, I mean, they, they, we're going to talk about this. This defense gives up yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Uh, gave up more yards than we gave up against San Fran, mm -hmm. and yet find a way to win this ball game. And it's about working together and everything. So I just love the sense of this team, the way it's come together. And it's just real gritty right now. They're, they're just finding ways to win. Yeah, and since you brought it up, I think, Kevin, let's go ahead and talk about Cam Newton. The latest on the situation um, mm -hmm. is there really is no change in the situation. He's, according to Ron Rivera, still rehabbing. Um, so Kyle Allen, again, will start as expected. Who knows if Cam's going to come back, when he's going to come back. He got a third opinion on his foot. Um, because he doesn't need surgery or, uh, I, I, I think it's hard. We don't, we don't really that's not confirmed. know, right? Yeah. It, it, that's just been the biggest mystery. And as a player that's been in the locker room and Al can attest to this, you want privacy and you don't want yeah. to have to report every single day how you're feeling, what's it feeling, are you going to be back, all this stuff. But on the other side, I'm also a fan of the Carolina Panthers and I put myself in their shoes and there's so much love for the team. Mm -hmm. Not hate, there's love for the team. They want them to win. They want them to, to do as best that they can and they're fans of the team and they just want to know, yeah. you know, it, it, most of the people aren't there to criticize or second guess you. Uh, those are the few people that call on the radio shows and they're the, the most, the loudest voices, but 99% of them to me are just, they're big fans and they just want to know. And so that, I think that's the difficult thing. They always got to balance when you're Herney and Rivera and Cam Newton or any other injured yeah. player. How much information do I give out? And I think, uh, for most fans, they're really concerned about Cam. I mean, he's just been such a lightning rod since he's been in the NFL mm -hmm. and playing here for the Carolina Panthers. I think the fans really want to know, you know, how he's feeling. And it is taxing to have to answer those questions every day. If you're Cam Newton, Ron Rivera, or the guys in, that are still healthy and playing in the locker room. So at some point, I mean, somebody's going to have to give up some information. So um, as this season goes on, you have – um, you know, one of the most polarizing presences in on this team in this city. You just don't know if he's okay. You see glimpses of him. He's in the locker room. He's at practice. But what is his health? Are you going to see him play football again this season? And more importantly, I think on the back of everybody's mind, as a Carolina Panther again, because – 
that has to be the question that's out there and it's moving towards that um you know with the contract coming up and so many things that are going to be in play and Kyle Allen winning football games is he a guy that you go to coming off of a foot and couple surgery uh, shoulder surgery so it is uh the elephant in the room every time we talk about the Panthers you're gonna have to talk about Cam and he's not played since week two and Kelly I know you know, the IR term has been thrown around some, and that just scares me because we were talking before the show. I've, I've been on IR. I don't know, did you say you were on IR? Yeah, twice. So, so when you're on IR, um, it's weird how overnight you're instantly not part of the the guys almost behind the rope. You know mm. what I mean? Um, there's 53 guys allowed in the VIP section of the club. Okay. And you get put on IR you're removed from the VIP section and another player comes in in your place as yeah. one of the new of the 53 men on the active roster that are members of this team. And I've been on it and I can remember um, tearing my ACL in week six and for the next, you know, 10 weeks basically felt like an outsider. Even really? though I tried to be around the team and the guys and the meetings and doing everything, I'd do my rehab, but you can't help them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you can – Lend some words of support and do some different things. You don't want to be a distraction, but that train moves on. It moves on. Yeah, it it moves on fast, and it's uh, you know, I was on it twice uh, early in my career. Had a broken ankle, a dislocated ankle, and was out. And guys, guys that I was really close with, families uh, hung out with one another. Like the communication just shut down. I mean, it's like the plague. I think no, when you're in sad. the NFL, it's fair. yeah, it's, it's not, it's fair, not it's fair. fair. It's life in the NFL, and it's the schedule too. So we come in maybe an hour earlier than everybody. We start the rehab process, and then um, we'll still go through it while they go to meetings. By the time they get out of the meetings, our rehab is done, and you're you're out of the building. Yeah, because you don't go to the meetings with them, so you're not sitting in the D line meetings. You're not continuing to have that mental part. Uh, of the game uh, and then you don't go out to practice because no matter what you hurt it's like yeah we just don't need you out there on your feet and uh, a lower body injury or back injury where you don't need to be on it yeah so you're you're slow down your your rehab it's a half day by noon you're out of there so and then on game day um you're not allowed on the sidelines those guys are put and we talked about it put in a box upstairs away from the team so you know the one thing we always talk about you know, when guys, at least for me, when they ask, do I miss the game? I say, no, but I miss the guys. So I, I miss the locker room. I miss that time around the boys. And uh, to be removed like that, it's, it's shocking. And it is like the plague. I think when you're in the NFL, the the players in the locker room feel like maybe an injury is contagious, so they don't <laughs> want to get close. But it is, it is a tough time mentally. Uh, for a lot of the football players. I so I kind of understand where Cam's going through a little bit. On I that didn't end. realize that you couldn't be on the field. Because I do see some of the guys up in the press box. Mm-hmm. So inactive players can be on the field. But if you're yeah. on IR, yes. you're upstairs. You'll even see practice squad guys down mm-hmm. there. You know, they, yeah. they, they as long as they stay out of the way and don't right. mess with anything, they're perfectly fine. I saw tons of them down there in those sweet yep. blue sweatshirts. I was hoping I could get one of those. I need one they of keep those. keep pounding sweatshirts. Yeah. They broke out. <laughs> Woo! So if anybody from Panthers listening, we could use uh, a couple of double X's there you and go. a uh, medium. Yeah, medium. Sure. Yeah. We'll Two double them. X's and a medium in that blue. Keep pounding. We'll wear them. We'll wear them every day till till the yeah. season's over. I don't know if we'd go that far. I would. <laughs> Kelly I'll rock could. it. I, I would. Kelly, she's got she's got to look good on the broadcast yeah, on WCCB. WCCB. Yeah. So Sports. it's it's tough. That. 
being on IR, it's just a tough deal. So, I mean, Cam has not been around. I mean, we did see him go to San Francisco and go through a warm-up. We didn't see it back home. Of course, we know he flew out Friday to, to go to Green Bay and get checked out by Dr. Anderson. We're very familiar with Dr. Mm-hmm. Anderson. He was here during our time here with the Panthers. So, he's an expert. I guess that was his third opinion, trying to get a, a better assessment of what What's going on with the foot? All we know is that nothing's changed and that he has not progressed uh, as rapidly as any of us would have hoped. The beauty is we've got Kyle Allen. Yes. And he has done a phenomenal job. And he he looks different. He's not Cam Newton. He's not Mahomes. He's not Brady. But he's Kyle Allen. And he's finding some ways to win. And I guess I'll I'll open this up. We'll talk about some stats and stuff offensively. But the way this offense performed, um, just real sluggish at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But – I kind of like the flavor they got going uh, around that second quarter. And, I mean, the statement drive to me was stuck on their own 10-yard line, drove 90 yards yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in a little over six minutes, I think. But Kyle Allen went eight of eight on that drive. You know, so I know there's some errant throws or under That's throws. That's when he finished with the throws. Curtis Samuel touchdown. Correct. Okay. And it, nice little 13-yarder maybe to mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, and he had made a great, great catch. And so what I saw out of it is this – I don't want to say game manager. He's just – he's a different-looking QB, but he's able to get things done. And I think he just did a really nice job. And something I was encouraged for going forward that I hope still progresses, some of those long balls that he's thrown over the course of the season, um, a lot of overthrows, maybe not quite uh, in a catchable area. A few that were underthrown this week, but I do know – it seems like he's trusting now DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel to battle for those balls mm-hmm. and at least give them a chance. And they were in better positions this week. You know, a couple of them overthrown or a little high, but they went up for it and had a, a great chance at it. And so to me, I'm like, we've got the speed there. That could be the missing piece of this offense that it becomes more explosive as the season goes on with him just trusting, you know what, it's okay to throw him deep. He's done it the last two weeks. He connected on more of them this week. Maybe next week will be even better. Yeah, I think if he trusts his arm, <clears throat> excuse me, and lets it go, that he puts himself in a better position. Sometimes he's waiting for those guys to get down the field. If you wait for Curtis Samuel, he's gone. You know, he has that <laughs> speed. So, was a couple near misses uh, on the opening play. He tries to force one to uh, Greg Olson. They want to get him involved in the game plan again. But I thought he did a great job of just making great decisions. And Ron Rivera said it uh, after the 49ers game, just be you. You know, he thought in that particular game that he tried to do some things outside of not necessarily his skill set, but um, his character and who he is. And and that's taking the open throws. That's using Christian McCaffrey. And that's taking some of those crossing routes and letting those guys uh, do damage after the catch. And you saw that to DJ Moore, just hitting him for a little screen and have him turn into the running back slash receiver that he is and get those extra yards. So if Kyle just is – okay with being Kyle Allen, and we know that he is, we know that confidence, then this football team hits on all cylinders. They were very balanced. They can run the ball and pass the ball. That just throws defensive coordinators off. They don't know what to call next because this offense is just super balanced. Both sides of the field, in the middle of the field, long passes, short passes, runs, and that's a beautiful thing. When you can get that going, you can really, really move the ball. And you you think historically about Cam, you know, some of the issues have been accuracy and some of that was rectified last year with this completion percentage really beginning to go up because mm-hmm. of North Turner and the offense that they were running. One thing I've loved about Kyle Allen though is 
the short throws and those ones to the flat where it is those little tunnel bubble screens, the quick hitting receiver yeah. plays, he hits those guys in the right spot. There's no slowdown. There's no reach behind and then, you know, get your feet set so you can burst up field. I mean, it's perfectly where it needs to be, where they're going forward, they're catching it quickly because those blocks don't last out there. Um, you're asking a 300-pound lineman to go get a DB. They're smaller, they're quicker, they can avoid, um, they can detach and run. So it's a quick-hitting play that has to be precise. And uh, Kyle has been very precise on those. And some of the biggest plays in that game, and there was a huge third and 14 play. It might have been on – the uh, eight, eight for eight drive I was talking about that went 90 mm-hmm. yards for the touchdown. It was just a quick screen to uh, DJ Moore yeah. maybe and got 14 yards yeah. for the first down. And you felt like, okay, we hope to get the first, but at least we'll get closer in for a field goal try here. But he just throws it so precise that he's able to turn up field and make that first couple guys miss. And then DJ Moore in the open field, there was no doubt when we saw it, we're like, yeah. as a first down, this thing's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Kyle said after last week he was pressing, pressing, just trying to do too much. And he felt he was just beating himself up on the plane ride back. Rivera said he actually sat with him on the plane for a little while, just talked it out. Like, Coach, I can't believe I did that. He let it go. And Rivera said, you just got to get the ball in your playmaker. There's so many playmakers. Just get the ball in their hands. You don't have to do it all. Just follow the game plan. Get it in their hands. And we saw that, hey, that actually works. Mm-hmm. And it works and I, well. And to me – you know, sometimes in this world that we live in, all these highlights that you see all the time, it could be your own worst enemy when you're a player that's watching some of those things. You think, i got to make a dazzling play or get us back in the game or, like you said, press. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for for quarterbacks, I mean, how many just regular throws does Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers make? And there's maybe one dazzling one yeah. per game if you're lucky mm-hmm. or every other game or something like that. To me – uh, for me, a dazzling play for Kyle Allen was sitting back there on the, um, I think it was the long throw uh, that went down the left sideline, maybe to Curtis Samuel, that um, he had to go catch it high point. Or maybe even that one where it was the toe touch, DJ Moore, right near oh, the yeah. end zone there. On the left side, yeah. But it, it doesn't matter the receiver he's going to. He went deep downfield, and he hung in the pocket and got drilled. And, you know, to me, you didn't see him moving around as much and bailing as much as mm-hmm. sometimes we've seen him do. Um, it's kind of natural instinct. He stayed in the pocket a bunch, and he got hit a bunch, you know, albeit not violent hits because um, the ball was released and they're not going to, you know, try and get a personal foul penalty. But I was just impressed. I thought, you know, for him to come out of this game rusty and throw an interception early, I know it was a tipped pass, but to not let that get him down right. and then still come out, you know, by second quarter, he's got it corrected and he's got things moving in the right spot right direction and we did see him get popped one time it was a sack but he hung on to the ball everybody's like way to go kyle yeah i was sure that was coming out i mean yes. his history of letting no, it go dude. and see we saw learning. it on the he's replay learning. he kind of tucked that thing in but <laughs> that grip on the ball that he had i mean you can tell that he's worked on it a little bit uh he's tough and i you know part of what you know, was alarming with the uh, fumbles early in the season was that he was, you know, got a little happy feet. And he's scooting out of that pocket. He's drifting back to 12 yards or he's trying to escape into an oncoming rusher. He didn't do that. He showed real courage and stood in there. And I think that's becoming more familiar and more comfortable, not only with the playbook, but with that offensive line that we've seen stay together here last couple of weeks has been pretty consistent. Um, I think they've done a great job. I, you know, I, I talked about it on a radio hit I did uh, 
earlier, and I think they're the MVP for me of what this offense has been able to do. Yeah, we know what Christian McCaffrey has done and how important he is, but the job that that offensive line has done. I mean, I don't, I, Kevin's probably you know loving me talking yeah. about the offensive Kevin line, wait. But, but I'm in, I'm just impressed. What, what those guys have been able to do and Dennis Daly and uh, having Trey Turner healthy and Paradis is now really understanding his role as a center and, and getting those guys lined up and taking real true command. Uh, so they've, they've done a really good job and I'm just so impressed. I think they're as a unit, just the difference maker for this offense. Kevin, obviously I, you agree. I agree. I love, <laughs> I, listen, there was, um, you know, all the sack. There was three sacks in the game. Not all of them can be put on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one where it was, you know, he just had nowhere to go with it, um, ate it, and then, you know, one he scrambled and slid uh, behind the line of scrimmage. So it was a free sack <laughs> for whoever was nearest That's to right. it. Right. Um, so I don't want to say that the offensive line they're, they're they're definitely improving, and you still want to keep getting those numbers lower and lower. Less hits on the quarterback is just longevity for. For Kyle, because I think this is a guy we want around for a while. The the pay is going to be right for a while. The um, he's young, he's been healthy, and he's shown that he can win ball games in the NFL. And uh, this next month is going to be fun to watch both the offense and defense um, as this schedule starts to dig in deep to this our division. You know, pairing off against the Falcons and the Saints coming up, the Packers coming up this weekend. Um, we're going to know by the end of November. Like, is this team? trending up and is in the right direction to make that playoff run or, you know, are we hovering around 500 again, hoping for a lot of favors from other teams losing ball games, and we're keeping our fingers crossed by the end of December. Mm-hmm. Um, so this next month's going to be important. And, you know, as long as we got a guy like Christian McCaffrey, we're in every ball game. As you <laughs> mentioned off the top, like all he does is get positive yardage. He's always setting it up at least with a second and seven, second and eight, or third and five. Uh, it really helps out on the third down percentage. But – when you hand the ball to him 20, 22 times, it, every time you hand it off, there's the risk that it could go the distance. Uh, yeah. And that defense has got to be – because that was a simple power play. Yeah, how did that work? A simple power play where basically what you're trying to do as offensive linemen uh, – and offensive quarters know this, that it, it's really hard, even with a double team, to move a 350-pounder. So you, you want to find double teams because that's how you can move some guys – but then the second factor in that is how do I put my linemen in positions that they can do angle blocks? Because yeah. if you can get an angle, you basically can use their leverage against them a little bit to kind of push them out of the hole where they want to be. And um, it just sets you up better with those angles. So when you have this power play, basically the offensive line is all blocking down and there's a lot of double teams. And as they're all blocking down, the play is actually going to go to the side of the play where the linemen are blocking down from. So they're just trying to make a wall and just, just really, um, you know, just court, you know, like fence off these defensive players one side. And then you're going to pull Greg Van Roten around. You had Arma in there and then Greg Olson on the front side. And all three of those guys had brilliant blocks because Greg Van Roten went in there, pulled and got the linebacker. Arma got the end guy in the line of scrimmage. And Olson stayed on his block, did a really efficient block and kept his hands inside and drove him off the ball a little bit. And that's the only crack Christian needed. That's, That's all he needed. It was just a well-blocked play. That got him through three or four yards, and then Christian does Christian and, and makes the other 54 yards uh, on his own with this pure speed and athleticism. And it was um, – it just seems like big plays is waiting to happen for that kid, whether it's pass or run. 
Yeah, and we talked about it, you know, sitting together watching the game. Like, man, he's, you know, he's getting four, five, and six. Eventually, he was going to find a seam. And, you know, I've been impressed by his speed. Once he gets going, it's just extremely, you know, hard to stop. And Adoree Jackson is a track guy out in California. Mm -hmm. And he he caught him now. He he raced him down, uh, but he couldn't find that momentum that McCaffrey had. It was drug him the last five yards in the end zone. So uh, very well, you know, schemed up play down, down and around and kick a guy, seal a guy. And that little crack is all he needs to go from, you know, zero to 60 in two or three steps. He's just been electric and uh, this offense really needs him. They really need the touches. I know everybody's always concerned, like, when can we find, a, you know, I think Ron got the question today, do you find opportunities to get him off the field? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, but not touches. We're not looking to reduce his touches. You know, if that's what you guys are asking, I don't think they, they want to do that. He's just too vital to what this team has become and the identity of that offense. And as long as he's healthy, then I think uh, you, you keep giving him the ball, you keep feeding him, and it's what he's prepared for. You can't remember the linebacker. Uh, there who had the quote they were just looking for superlatives to to describe Christian McCaffrey and the one he said was fit like he is just well conditioned and uh, you know that was shocking where everybody's saying amazing and electric it's like he is physically fit like this guy has prepared his body and his mind to carry this load for this football team and we see it every week and we're still shocked at the type of numbers he's putting up. And we did see him break. Didn't we see him break off that big run before? But it was called back. It was holding on Moten or something that didn't even. I'm not was sure. not a holding. It was, yeah, he but broke it was one a, around yeah. the outside, yeah. and, and Moten had a good block on his guy. Uh, once uh, Christian bounced it to the outside, he kind of lost not even his grip, but he kind of had the guy on the arms a little bit as his ha- hands come off. Um, you know, just the chest plate, and it wasn't a hold at all, right, but right. He, he got it called. And, and, and he's a real quiet guy, so to see him kind of get Fired animated mm-hmm. about it, you knew that that wasn't a hold. And the entire stadium could see that he did not grab cloth. He didn't impede his progress towards the ball carrier. So, the, the, you know, it's one of those things, man. The referees just get it wrong sometimes, and they definitely got it wrong on that call. Mm-hmm. Well, we're halfway through the season, so let's talk about his numbers a little bit. I don't want to look ahead – but it's really historic what he's doing. MVPs? You know, it's just – I don't know if there's any one player that's more important to his team than, than Christian McCaffrey right now. Went to a backup quarterback in there, some of the shuffling they've done on the offensive line, uh, you know, Greg Little with the concussion and Daly, um, you know, working in there, and Daryl Williams and all these different pieces that are going on. Yet you can count on 150 from CMC every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 155 against uh, San Fran last week. Yeah. And, you know, it's – probably like 70% of our total offense or whatever it was. I don't have the math in front of me, but was a big part of that. And then yet when you have a game where things are clicking a little bit better, um, the stats just look even better. I think he had over 160 yards uh, this week and three touchdowns. So he's got 13 on the season uh, on pace for 26 for the year. Highest ever was um, 31, I think, by – what did I write down here? Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian, yeah. 2006. Had, record. Yep. had 31 uh, either passing or receiving touchdowns in a season. So he's, he's not far off that if he gets in a little streak here and gets some touches more around the goal line or whatever. Um, but yards right now, 881 yards rushing. Uh, in terms of uh, receiving yards right now, he's at 363. Those combined um, would put him on pace at the end of the season for, I think, 24 – 
2,488 yards. And so the best season for pass and receiving was 2009, Chris Johnson, 2509. Yeah. So he's less than 100 yards off of that pace. Um, tougher schedule coming up, some divisional games coming up. Uh, but there's a few cupcakes in there that they should take care of. Name, I'm thinking Atlanta Falcons. Um, that's a team that's given up a ton on the defensive side. That defense has not played to its standard. So, I don't know, give me your thoughts. Is, is this a pace that can continue? I think it can because of what you just said, yeah. how fit he is. Um, he's prepared. I mean, he's, he, how many reps has he taken over the last three years? And I think there's only been once where I saw him, uh, was it San Fran or the game before, where he, he, he checked himself out with yeah, cramps. Yeah, uh, it was, was before it San Francisco. Texans game? No, yeah. the Buccaneers game in yeah, London. London. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. London game where, you know, he've had like 500 yards or something. Yeah. Give, give the cat a break. <laughs> Let me get. Let me can, get a can I get some Gatorade? Yeah. Let me get a Gatorade. But I do. He was exhausted it to from his awesomeness. He there was. you go. Yeah. There you go. And he is awesome, man. You look at those numbers, and uh, you know Chris Johnson, CJ, two K, and what he was able to do for the uh, Titans, and uh. one of the fastest players we've ever seen in the NFL. So uh, his usage rate is so high with this football team. How can I can't imagine it not getting close to that record or or in the ballpark because they really depend on him. And if we're talking about this team going where they where we think they can, we hope they can in the NFC, and it's going to be a tight race. We dabbled a little bit in the playoff race. I guess at the halfway point you can start mentioning the playoffs and positioning yourselves. But uh, if they want to make a run for it, it has to go through him. I don't think anyone else on this offense has produced at a high enough and a consistently uh, enough level to – um, you know, get them where they need to be. So it just it, it has to go through Christian. That usage rate is is super high. He's going to get the ball, whether it be through the air or the pass. They're going to find creative ways to get it in his hands and and have him carry carry it the yeah. way. So that's a ton of yardage. He's on an incredible pace, and it doesn't look like he's slowing up one bit. Yeah, and why wouldn't they put it in his hands? He is the playmaker on offense. I mean. Just think when Tampa Bay would try to sh- shut him down, even if he's not getting all the yards, their their focus is on him. And so other people are going to step up and, and make the plays when they need to. But, I mean, it's give the it's, p- it's nice when you have a guy that you can count on every week to get his. Mm-hmm. And that just opens up opportunities for other guys because some of those throws downfield, um, you know, could have been better throws or better connections, but at least, you know, a lot of it was one-on-one coverage and the athleticism of Samuel and DJ Moore. I think we're seeing confidence from Kyle Allen as this thing gets forward, that he's going to be more confident throwing those deep balls. And that just opens up more things for McCaffrey underneath. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a big sticking point that we had with Cam last year, not being able to throw the ball deep downfield. Right. Everything's so tight. They're playing near the line of scrimmage. Um, the passing lanes are even uh, mm-hmm. clogged up because there's just too many bodies in a, in a smaller area. But, um, you know, for every time you see somebody running scot-free down the field and it, maybe it was a missed throw, we had a couple overthrows in San Fran, but um, Kyle's still a young quarterback. I think he's getting better every week. And, man, he starts connecting on those. Uh, that's going to be a happy day for me. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see one 60-yard bomb downfield caught in stride, taken to the end zone. Because uh, those are getting rarer and rarer in the NFL. Um, yeah, it is, unless you have Tyreek Hill or somebody like that running four. Did you see that cat? Yeah. He's, oh, my goodness. Without the ball. I mean, 22 miles an hour they clocked <laughs> him. like put his arm out, kind of patted him on the back, helped yeah, him in the end zone. him in the end zone. <laughs> this cat is ridiculous. And if fast. you watch the film, so we're talking about Tyreek in the game this weekend, if you watch that particular play, he's kind of standing and watching. 
to start the play out. Dead stop. The, the ball gets thrown, right? Or no, it's, no, it's uh, a run. Running play. It, the ball it's gets running run, play. so he's out there and he's watching, sees it break free. So from a dead stop, just goes full sprint. It's amazing. And it's just, I was like, where's this guy coming from? In about 30 yard span, he ran this guy down who's doing everything he can to run away. Uh, Williams, so. Way yeah, to steal he's his fast. thunder. Yeah. <laughs> this is my touchdown, my shine. But I think Curtis Samuel's your guy. He's going to he's gonna get one of those deep ones. That That's going to come. This offense is opening up a little bit more every week. Uh, we saw him in training camp, wow us with all those throws and, and catches. So he'll get his opportunity. D.J. Moore, on the other hand, I mean, what, 110 yards receiving, mm-hmm. seven catches. He's just consistent route runner. Gets the ball in his hands on those uh, RPOs, some of those slants, and he just does damage. So I think their skill sets like match each other. Yeah. Like they play off one another perfectly. And then uh, Jarius Wright, you, you have another guy who's a, a consummate pro that's going to, he's going to find the sticks, man. You need a first down, he's going to figure out a way to get it for you. Perfect routes every time. Uh, those guys are a huge complement to one another. So this offense is is getting better. You got to remember, Allen did not start the season. I mean, what is he? Five games in now. Uh, they're going to get it rolling, but it all starts, man. That foundation is with number twenty-two. It did mm. a great job. How important was it to bounce back from a game like the blowout loss with a win like this? Oh, it's huge. It's huge because. Um, there's been different points in my career where we suffered tough losses, mm-hmm. and sometimes we bounced back, sometimes we didn't. And, uh, you know, I was with the Panthers in 2003. We hit a little lull in November. We weren't playing our best football. Lost a couple in a row, I think, to the Eagles and Cowboys, then maybe won a game, then lost another one to the uh, Texans. Maybe the Texans one was first, I think, yeah. and then a couple weeks so later. three-game we stretch. Yeah, it was like three. We go out to Arizona and finally seal the deal. Find a way. And then sometimes it's not always pretty, that game back, but you get a win. And after that Arizona win, we clinched the division. I think mm-hmm. a lot of pressure was off of us at that point, and we started playing our best ball because as soon as the playoffs rolled around, it was full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. And, go time. Um, you know, I think it was important for this team. And, you know, read an article um, the Panthers put out about Greg Olson saying a lot of words after the game in San Fran mm-hmm. and uh, just what great leadership that really was to kind of talk about that and get it out in the open. A lot of people probably were thinking that, you know, like, man, we've been working hard. We had this formula going and then nothing worked. And you're suddenly left there as a player um, feeling completely like a failure, even though you've won four games up to that point. Um, your season's not ruined, no. but you can really feel like this is it. Yeah. And I think for someone to step up and just have the courage to say, look, we had a bad day. It doesn't mean we're a bad team. Let's get back to work. We know what we all have to do to get this thing prepared and put out of your minds right now. This is the key thing that Olsen was saying. Just put out of your minds right now. This will not be like last year. We are built better than that. We're going to be tougher than that. We learned from that. And um, so I think – it was a comfortable win, which is great. You know, you're not sweating it down, bare knuckles, squeezing the table, you know, hanging on to any superstitious item you got, thinking it all revolves around. Uh, if I stand up on this play, they're going to get a sack, you know. Oh, if I, I never uh, do if that, I switch, ever. Yeah. If I switch chairs here, um, then that offense always does better. So oh. I'm going to do uh, – we're all guilty of that. Of course. It helps and us it, feel control in a world we have zero control yeah. over. But and it's only team, weird when it doesn't work. Yeah, it, but Kelly, listen, this was important bounce back. It really was. And I, I hope that we can look back at this and say, what a turning point for this team. They, they scrapped and clawed their way to get some wins early on without Cam, found their identity after they took that brutal loss to San Fran, 
and things started clicking towards the end of the season. That's exactly what you want. Rivera teams have typically played, besides last year, usually finish stronger than they started. Yeah. Uh, something in the way he practices the guys, prepares them early in the season for the, the tough road ahead as the season goes along. So, um, you know, to me, I'm hoping that's the storyline, you know, that you you bounce back from that and suddenly you, you catch fire because you just kind of find your identity as a tough, gritty team that finds ways to win. Yeah, and I think it makes sense now, maybe even more sense as you wake up today and the 49ers are the last remaining uh, undefeated team. I mean, it makes sense that you lost to them. You never want to lose the way you did, but I think – the media, us folks, were constant reminders of the guys in the locker room. And with Greg and, and uh, you know, you heard Gerald McCoy do it too immediately after the game. They tune those guys back into the locker room and, and away from the noise that comes from being outside of that building um, about falling into that trap again, into that hole and that despair of having an injured quarterback and, <laughs> you know, 30-point loss and having it ruin your entire season. They were not going to let that happen. Ron Rivera wasn't going to let that happen. And I know a lot of guys who were there, most of this team, they decided we're not we're not going down that road. So it was a perfect setting uh, to have it at home, 58-degree, beautiful day at Bank of America perfect. Stadium. Couldn't have been a better scene to get that win. Speaking of that, listen, this weekend was gorgeous in Charlotte. It was awesome. It, it's a fall Chamber of Commerce day. Yeah. Like, if you were trying to sell someone on the city of Charlotte, it was just absolutely gorgeous. And Al and I were up there at the Charlotte 49ers game. Yep. Um, great win for Coach Healy and his mm -hmm. group. Uh, it's just a great way. When I, when I get a double win by my two teams here local, it's, it's pretty nice. That's Club Lit was weekend. open for business. Club Lit. I'm telling you, we were talking about it. I think the Panthers need to somehow incorporate this idea that Coach Healy at the 49ers has with Club Lit. Um, he is all about celebrating good things when they happen. I love it. And yeah. it's hard to score touchdowns. It doesn't matter where you are. Pop Warner all the way up to pro. <laughs> it's hard to score touchdowns. It's hard to win games. Mm -hmm. It's hard to... Um, have success on the defense and get turnovers and sacks and all these things. And sometimes we lose sight that the game is really fun. Um, and mm -hmm. when you're playing at your best, it's even more fun. And you want that feeling and that satisfaction after those games. And, you know, what Coach Healy does is he hires a, the DJ, comes in there, sets it up. It's all in the locker room. They got the lights down low, strobes going, <laughs> and the music is cranked. Just let and the boys go, man. It's not long. You know, it's 20 minutes. Probably can't do it in the NFL because it's obviously you got to let the reporters in there. But yeah. maybe you could do a mini version of yeah. it where you just throw they already it out have for a 10 DJ. minutes. They yeah. already have a house DJ there. DJ Vinny. 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 DJ Vinny. Let Split second sound. Yep. We'll give him a plug, man, because he's awesome. Um, man, they're the best. And uh, they, they can serve whatever needs you got. If you need uh, music, karaoke, anything like that at a party, just one of the best. And. Um, I think he'd be the perfect choice, and he can move his operation so easy. Just, oh, yes, just, he is portable. Oh, he'll get the mobile. He'll, he'll get, get the two wheels of steel down there, get the music pumped up. Uh, it creates an environment. I think the NFL has tried to – I think they understood that, and they've really opened up the door for more celebrations than we were allowed to do when we were playing. I mean, you had to hand that – I mean, the, the best you could do was spike the ball. Now you can – you can dance and have routines and get with your boys. In uh, the defense, they get the interceptions, and everybody in the league runs the opposite corner and does the photo shoot deal. So they're trying to have fun. I mean, you want to have the fans uh, in the stand have a great experience, but more importantly, those guys, man, it's hard. The NFL's hard. 
And when you can have success, you better celebrate it right away because it, it can get rough quickly. Do you, do you remember in 2015, the Super Bowl season, everybody got it, – it was a big fuss when – the Panthers players would take fo- actual photos on the mm-hmm. sideline, yeah. and now everyone's it's a huge thing. Oh yeah, trendsetters, trendsetters for sure. Yeah, no. it was, people it was mock things at, yeah. at the beginning. They don't understand what's going why, on. Why? Why are they now, now? Everybody does that every, first everyone, down sign. Everyone, yeah. every single team does it on an interception. More guys turnover. dressing up, looking nice, head scarves, except for Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some guy. Oh, Matty Ice, sticking to what he knows. Why do? See, why do I got to take a stab? Like we didn't have the Falcons brought up in here in any way, and I just they're coming to, up. We got two big games against those guys, so we got to get after them. And we'll get after them. Talking about getting after people, that defense is still yes. on ta- a roll. They're, they're getting picks the and sack taking street flicks. boys. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Don Terry Poe and the big man getting going. Well, I mean, they just continue to get turnovers and sacks and just get after quarterbacks. They're, they're, they're just doing a great job. And you, you never want to see the type of yardage that they're giving up. But I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. In our locker room, uh, all we care about is points. We just care about points. You can run the ball up and down the field. We don't want to have that happen. But if we can turn you away at the door and force you to attempt the field goal, we'll take that. Scoring defense is the most important and stat I, I for will us. say it's demoralizing.